0: Mm-hmm. What's up? This is Kennedy Copeland sure. and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. An unbelievable weight. you might hit, but you
1: can't
0: even ball Welcome everybody to now another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents now in the ring. I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. But like every good Sherpa, which you will refer to me as, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can find a more efficient way up the path. So on this special Halloween edition, you see him right there. He's been a part of FGW. He's been a part of TCW and IWA. He is the killbilly, He is the Urban Legend. He is Evil Nate.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's how you do an introduction. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> Yo, like, I, I okay, so I'm going to, like, fangirl out for a little bit, but I low-key, like, I saw your picture start showing up, and I was like, bro, this is a straight tribute to, like, every 70s, 80s horror movie, The Devil's Rejects, everything that was hidden. I was just talking about this episode, or talk about you coming on the show with my boss, who... He has like this invested interest in, crazy enough, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, bro, let me show you this picture really quick of one of my friends I'm going to interview. And he uh, he was like, oh, whoa. He's like, what's his get up? I was like, come on, man. Like, you see it. Yeah, yeah I guess it's kind of
1: self-explanatory. I got to big chainsaw and I'm wearing like either human flesh or Bigfoot flesh or alien flesh. So yeah, man, I appreciate that. Like, uh, I'm a huge chainsaw Mark and you're right. When, uh, uh, Paige Dahlia and myself were coming up with this gimmick. We, uh, that's a lot of the stuff. Cause a lot of this, st- you're not going to do anything new in pro wrestling, but you can always take something to make it your own. Like I, I'm like, I'm not a death match fan, But I loved the first uh, FMW Leatherface, Corporal Kirshner. I think that's how you say his name. Just the intensity and the energy he had when he would just, like, come to the ring and he'd clear out everybody with the chainsaw. So I was like, that's cool. I've always wanted to do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have, like, this, like, incredible, like, and just – you know just like watching and seeing like everything that you're putting together i was like man like this is awesome seeing you with pictures of mothman seeing you in front of the texas chainsaw house like Mm -hmm. i legit every time i see you and it's crazy too because like you have your hair pulled back right now but even when you have your hair down you are legitimately like the pictures that you have and i i don't know if you do it purposely or if it's just just happens but you legit have like this throwback to like 70s and 80s like great horror movie kind of like photograph and i'm like yo this is this is everything that i've been looking forward to seeing in like a character so i was like i have to get him on the show we got to talk about this because i'm so hyped about it man i'm so happy that you found something that you're just like enthralled with
1: (laughs) yeah thanks Uh, i used to do um like so i'm such a horror movie mark and of course a wrestling mark and then i love rock and roll like always you know i played in bands and stuff but thing about a band especially when you come from a small town like me is you can't ever keep them together because everybody finds out how much work it is and like it's a lot of work when you do something you got to do it like if you want to like have a have fun with it or make a run with it so I shifted from music to professional wrestling because I was like well I can depend on myself for that so when I started in wrestling after a couple of years I came up with this old gimmick of a rock star and I come out with the microphone stand and I do like a Steven Tyler, but I was always a heel, a real piece of shit. And like, I, you know, I think I was like Vince Neil or Ozzy and then I'd get my ass whooped. So I did that for a long time, but this is something I've always wanted to do. So I appreciate that. And like, I, yeah, like I love like, you know, the vibe of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the vibe of uh, just how they, how like all the movies, the, the, the concept, cause there's so many layers to the actual Leatherface character. And I've actually met a few of the Leatherfaces, uh, the original Gunner Hansen. I met him back when I was 19, and I was coming up to him, and he's sitting there, and like, you know, a lot of people would get this film if they were meeting Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. I could give a fuck about those guys. But I'm walking <laughs> up to this guy who played the original Leatherface, and I'm like, I'm shaking. I said, sir, I said, uh, um, I portray your version of Leatherface in a haunted house every year. I'm not big enough, but I do what you did, you know, on the silver screen. And he said, it's not the size of the actor, it's the size of the acting. And I was like, cool. Oh, my God, hell yeah. So, And I've talked with other guys, too, um, R.A., who played Leatherface in Part 3. I've had a little interaction with Andrew Bernarski, who played the most intense Leatherface in the remake and the prequel to the remake. 03 and 06, and then I've had a little interaction with Dan Yeager, who played them in Chainsaw 3D. Um, okay. yeah. So I, I've I've always been around and it's something I've always wanted to do. And I, I appreciate like you like really picking up on what I what I'm trying to do with it with the acknowledging of like the old school classics, maybe an evil dead vibe here, maybe a Hills Have Eyes vibe here. And if, if you can't tell I have a hillbilly ass accent, you know, it's kind of thick. Because where I'm from, a place called Eastern Kentucky, Pikeville, Kentucky, that's where all that Hatfield and McCoy bullshit went uh, yeah. went on. It's like a Hillbilly Romeo and Juliet is what it was. You know, two families fighting and stuff. That's where I'm from. So I was like, okay, wrong term. What's the stereotype when you think of Kentucky? Barefoot, dumbass, uh, inbred, uh, no teeth, overalls, uh, straw hat, I, you know, inbred redneck. I was like, okay, I'm going to take that. And that's what I'm going to be. So I'm going to embrace that stereotype. And it doesn't, like, bother me at all. Like, I embrace that, so.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, you you know, you mentioned, like, right, so you left the rock and roll scene. You went to the wrestling scene. You've been trained by Funaki, you know, right. WWE legend. I don't care what anybody says. And then, obviously, Hall of Famer Rikishi as well. So, like, you have, like, you've got, like, all these accolades. Plus, you have a character that you – you have like just developed and formed and know yeah. and you know you mentioned that you and Dahlia came up with it together and that you've been able to execute it I'm just curious like aside from just like the Texas chance outside, what like you said it was something that you've always wanted to do I'm just curious like how did you just like pinpoint it and just like this how I'm going to run with it
1: um I I guess um uh, so like I said I go back I'm not a death match fan no disrespect to guys that do that I think that's cool not my cup of tea um but I always liked the ideal of what Leatherface in Japan would do. Like, there's something really powerful about how he would come out and, like, the believability of, you know, that chainsaw. I don't care, you know, when you when you hear a chainsaw and stuff, like, there's something very powerful about that. I mean, like, it's an actual motor. So, um, just, I guess how we pinpointed it is it's something I'd always toyed around with in my head when I was younger because I started in oh9 And it's, uh, I kind of found my way through different gimmicks and different interpretations. And finally, way before uh, Dahlia, Paige, and myself, we went out to LA to train under Rikishi, we had actually started coming up with this idea like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did something like Leatherface? Cause, you know, I'm a huge, huge Leatherface chainsaw fan. I was like, yes, it would, you know. And then so we talked about it for years. And we even discussed it out there with our, you know, like our coach Rakishi and a couple of the other students out there what we wanted to do. And so we had the unfortunate incident of what happened with her feet, and you know her accident out there, which she's you know recovered from. She's a total badass bitch, and like you, you just, you know, she'll fall a hundred times and get up a hundred and one. Like you can't stop her. And I'm so excited to see her in the ring, in her return. Um, but aside from all that, we just. During this downtime of four-plus years of being away from the ring, we were just like, let's reinvent ourselves. Let's pull the trigger. Let's do it. I said, okay, so what I want to do, I don't want to be a straight leather face. I don't. I want you to know that, hey, I love leather face, but I don't want to be leather face. I want to – well, everywhere I went across this country, be it, you know, San Antonio, Texas, when I was training under Funaki, my accent sticks out. It just does. And I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not like – I don't feel – self-conscious about it. I'm cool with it, man. Like, because, you know, you go to the Northeast, everybody's got an accent, different one up there. You go to, you know, Louisiana, there's a Cajun accent down there. You go out to LA, there's accents out there. You go to Texas, there's a different redneck accent down there. Everybody's got them, and we don't have to be embarrassed by them. I'm cool with it. So my accent, man, is always pointed out. And I was like, yeah, I'm a hillbilly. I'm from Kentucky. I said, bam, that's what I'll do. We'll take that everybody's scared of these little small towns and I'm from the mountains and you watch a movie like wrong turn. That shit's scary, dude. Like I lived, I lived in the fucking mountains to where my back, my backyard was a mountain. You walk out, it's a mountain side is a mountain. Here's a mountain. I'm up a hollow. That shit's scary. Like it just is. It's normal for me, but you take somebody not from there you put them there and you put the ideal. Okay. Wrong turn. What's everybody say about Kentucky? You know, this and that I said, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of that sprinkle it with that and after i sprinkle it with that what else do i like urban legends i'm a huge cryptozoology mark also like we both are like i am i'm the type of guy i believe in that stuff and i approach things as people will say show me evidence that it that it does exist and i say well show me evidence that it doesn't exist show me <laughs> can you prove it doesn't no you can't You can't prove it doesn't. So, you know, when you prove it to me, we'll talk. That's just how I am, though. And so we just put all these pieces together. I said, I think we got something here. I don't know what we got, but I had never seen, like, uh, anybody calling themselves the urban legend. I was like, that's what we're going to do. And so we kind of focused it more around that. So,
0: Yeah, no, and I like it, too. It's funny because you mentioned, like, you mentioned how, like, eastern Kentucky is known for, like, the hillbilly kind of scene and everything. Like, me personally, I'm from western Nebraska, and, like, the biggest thing we have going for us is, I don't know if you're familiar, but Children of the Corn was actually filmed in a town called Kimball. But the there book you know. but the book is actually uh, set in a town called Hemingford, which yeah. is actually north of where I used to live. And then Kimball is actually south of where I live. So I, like, live dead center. So I'm way familiar with, like, the horror scene and, like, the, the crazy legends that you get. and. Being left out somewhere where you're really uncomfortable? Yeah, I'm well aware of, like, those horrors. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> you, like, yeah, you like, you
1: take that because, like, you know, we're in Indiana and Ohio right now is where we're kind of located, so there's a shitload of cornfields, and there's always just – like, I'm a low-budget horror movie guy. Like, you, you can sell me on anything. If it's got a killer scarecrow or a killer clown, I'm all for it, man. And, like, I just – I love that shit. That shit's, like, the worst – the, the worse the movie, the more low budget, the more I love it. I don't know why. Like, I love the good stuff. Don't get me wrong. The classics. But when I used to go to a video store as a kid, I'd get the worst shitty horror movies that you could get, man. And that's just, I'm all about that. So, yeah, I can. that's so cool you're from there because I do love Children of the Corn. That's awesome.
0: So, I'm curious, man. Like, you know, you've been in the business for a while and you've been training and stuff like that. So, I got to know, like, what's the worst bump you've taken?
1: Oh, um man, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess it kind of depends on the ring. Um, I've taken some bumps like out on the floor when I first started. Cause what's really funny is when you first start and like, if you, especially cause I started when I was 19 and 20. So you're, you know, full of like piss and vinegar and you're like, yeah, I'll do anything. Hell yeah. I don't, I don't understand psychology, but you want me to do something? I'll do it. So this guy, like he was, you know, I'm, I'm like 20 and he's like, Hey, I'm going to clothesline you outside and you just take a bump, just, you know, tuck your chin. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, like, there's no no padding around the wrestling ring at all. It's just gymnasium floor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it comes a spot. I get shit canned. I'm on the outside, pop up, turn around, boom, clothesline. I hit the I hit the fucking floor, and it sounded like like a shotgun, you know, just ringing out through the entire little, uh, uh, little uh, gymnasium. And, like, that hurt really bad. Like, I remember that, and then – Probably the next worst, probably actually the most worst is in 2013, I was wrestling a match in uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and there was a spot coming up, and it's it's so funny, too. I whipped the guy, in, and the guy was, like, probably 110 pounds. Like, he was a little man, and I was much bigger than him. I was, like, probably 220 at that time. So I whip him into the rope, and he comes. I go to give him a sidewalk slam. He's supposed to come up and hurricane rod at me, you know, boom, boom, like that, and you're supposed to, like, you know, take a fucking roll out of it or something like that. Well, what I did, I, my lazy ass, I kind of did a half and half and I landed right here. And when I did, I shattered this clavicle right here. Wow. Like you can see it like right there. Bam. Yeah. And I knew as soon as I hit, I wrote out, I rolled outside and fell on the floor and I just like kind of slid my hand up and you could like, the bones were like almost sticking out of the skin. And long story short, I had to have surgery uh, they got, I got a plate in there now with like nine bolts. So that put me on the shelf for about nine months. I got really fat and really out of shape. That was awesome. You know, couldn't fucking beat that. Great. But I'd say that's my worst bump. So yeah. Damn. Easy, easiest bump I ever take anytime. Believe it or not, it's a superplex from the top rope. Never hurts. I don't know why. Like you take a regular suplex, hurts like a bitch. You take it from the top rope, great. Don't know why. It's (laughs) weird.
0: I I can I can I can attest to that too. I've taken a couple of those and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, so weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. No. So curious, man, like from like worst bumps, I need to know, man. What's the hardest you've ever been hit?
1: Oh my god. Oh, let me see. Uh I've only taken a couple of chair shots to the head. Uh those actually didn't hurt. Uh because the guy wasn't trying to kill me. Uh, So I'd say the worst I'd ever been hit is two times come to mind. One time, this is like my first two years in the business, me and the guy, we were at the end of a feud, and it was a casket match. And bell rings, ding, ding, ding. We meet in the middle. No, actually, this was the third match. So this was the final, the rubber match, the last match, whatever. So we meet in the middle of the ring, talking shit to each other, nose to nose, face to face. And we start throwing punches and bam, bam, bam. I mean, we're laying them in, and because that's what just what we were doing, we wanted to look good. And somehow he hit me, man, like my knees just buckled. And luckily, he pulled me back up, and like I just kept swinging and we just kept fighting into the turnbuckle. That happened. And then, uh, one time when I was uh, working down in Texas, down in San Antonio me and the guy, like we were in a decent program and he like tackled me in the beginning of the match. And he just fucking like, he was laying these shots in beating the shit out of me. And I told him, I said, we got outside. I said, motherfucker, you got a receipt coming. And no, no, I didn't say it to him outside. I said it to him when we got to the locker room. I said, buddy, I said, cause we're friends. I was like, you got a receipt coming. I just want you to know that. And so a month later, we had our, we had our next match, and I got him on a – it was like a tables match. I got him on the table, and I just – I never chop anybody, and I just gave this big-ass chop across his chest. And I said, that's a receipt, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but those are like the worst two I've ever been hit. Like, I, nothing like – nothing crazy. I mean, one time I did a move, and I like hit the guy's skull, and I broke my nose. I mean, that happened, but – that was on me. That was you know an accident. So I guess that's the worst. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say me and my uh me my co-host, well, he's the host of the debate show. Uh yeah. we ran a match and uh yeah, I I it was like the first 15 seconds of the match and I decked him and I was like, I <laughs> just full on. And yeah. he was like, We he's like, I I'm usually the one that does something, and it like he usually does it first, and then like I deliver a receipt, but it was just yeah. me. Cold clocked him and uh, then he turned around and like we started getting into a chop battle, but he was just gonna smack me in the face. And what ended up happening was as he pulled back, I leaned in and he hit me like right on the top of the head, and it was just the loudest smack. and I was like, Oh, oh no, that one hurt because <laughs> it was like all palm just because, kind of yeah. down.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh. problem, Man, I know what that's like. I got chopped across the back one time, like my first two years in. And it hurt so bad. Like, it just stung. And I don't know why. Like, that was like, I can still feel it to this day. And I've been chopped a lot. But, man, I can – guy just like, we were outside brawling. He chopped me across, the, like, the back. And I was just like, ah. And I sold. And I just – it hurt. I can still feel it right now. It's nuts. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> so curious, like, being in the business for a while and then taking a small break and getting ready to get back in, what's been, like, one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn?
1: Patience. Patience. Like I mean, um, it's it's hard to when you I don't think I'm the best and I don't, you know. I mean, I like myself and there's nothing wrong with liking yourself, but um when you know what you're when you have an idea of what you're capable of doing and you can kind of see it in your head and you're not able to act on it yet, and you kind of just got you know, you're kind of just buying your time. Um, patience really is a virtue. And if you can be patient with yourself and with the, um, the circumstances that you're being dealt uh, being handed or that are being just shoved up your ass and there's nothing you can do about it. um, I think I'll speak for myself and Paige both. I think uh, patience, patience is probably the biggest thing I've taken away from wrestling at this point. And uh, that, and just, uh, kind of uh kind of just have fun with everything you know like i'd say those are like the biggest things just uh take yourself serious but not too serious so all of that yeah
0: Bet, man so i'm curious like i know a lot of wrestlers who don't eat before show but i know they usually have like that post-match snack or even that post-match meal so i'm very curious man what's your post-match meal
1: used to be i'll speak from um what it used to be, because I at this point I don't know what it what it is now. <clears throat> um, we get finished with the show and we go to a place called Logan's uh, Roadhouse, which is like a Texas roadhouse or an Outback or uh, whatever. And I love wings, and I would just eat a shitload of wings. Like that's I just love. I mean, the time I broke my nose, we went to the place. I couldn't taste them, but I ate them. You know, Like <laughs> can just what I do. so. That's what it was. I don't know what it'll be now. um I'm sure it'll probably be if it's shitty food. It'll probably be me stopping at McDonald's, taking the bread off, and eating like five patties. You know, so I'll do that. Yeah. So right. Because so I used to eat before shows, but man, I'll shit my pants. So I, I just because I get like all kinds of nerves. And I get in, and especially at this point now. Like I'm like, oh my god. So like. I'll be very careful. It'll probably just be some pre-workout on my stomach before the match or maybe a sugar-free energy drink, um, something like that. But, yeah, I'd say after, if it's something good, I'll do some barbecue or something. I love barbecue, so.
0: Bad, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I know for me, it's like I'm always trying to, like, find, like, the next trash item that I can just, like, shove down my face. Like, I'm not even going to front. Like, uh, for a while there, like, we were at – we were in West Virginia. We drive across back to Maryland and i was like yo we got to stop at taco bell and i got to get the 5 dollar box
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh dude dude like when it's when i'm off like when i'm not being strict on my diet which happens more often than it you know it should uh when i'm not being strict or like when i finally get to my cheat day or whatever fucking hey i'm going to eat it all i'm going to eat everything like i'll go i'll go crazy man i you know pizza um, i love pizza taco bell i absolutely love uh Right now, I'm a huge, like, Arby's fan. Their number one is fantastic. It's like some kind of smokehouse brisket sandwich. Oh, I yeah. love brisket. Brisket's so good. So Chipotle's got a brisket bowl right now that's off the chart. So,
0: yeah, I'll eat anything like that.
1: I'm, yeah, from, I'm, from, I'm from Kentucky, though, so if it's got some sugar in it or something, I'm all about it,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big brisket fan myself, too, man. So Hell I, yeah. I can relate. So I'm curious, man, like, being in the business, like we said, you started back in 2009. What kind of advice would you give to up-and-coming wrestlers? Oh,
1: easy. Um, uh, Let me see. Diversify yourself. Um, I would definitely go to the gym. I'm not saying you have to be muscle-bound. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, Because when I started out, I was a very skinny guy that didn't have any muscle, And then I got really fat, and which is even worse than being really skinny, in my opinion, for myself. Nothing wrong with fat people because I've been fat as hell. I don't like it for myself. And I would never shame anybody on their body because I also have the approach, too, that wrestling needs all body types. It does. You need a Mick Foley here just like you need an Ultimate Warrior over here. and That's a fact. I don't care what anybody says. That's how I feel. But I would just – anybody young and upcoming, um, study – Try to go to a school like a legit school, not just some jabroni or jobber. Try to go to a like, try to go to a legit school, try to get in with somebody because now there's so many like, there's just so many now with uh, Hall of Famers and legends. Just try your best to get. I mean, if you're in the Northeast, go somewhere like Monster Factory. I, I could, I couldn't recommend that enough. You know, I'd go to a place like that. If you're, you know, down south, go to uh San Antonio's got the hybrid school by uh, uh, Chris Marvel I believe is his name coach Marvel um, the Funaki's involved with that school now then you go you know rikishi has got his in LA you know there's just all kinds of schools out there so I would get on a uh, a good diet get on a gym regiment and like I said you don't have to be this jacked up guy and but you need to be in shape because being in that ring and being able to go that's what's important like you have to be able to go because in ring shape matters so gym regiment, decent diet and a good school and try to do something that sticks out. Don't worry about dives. Don't, don't worry about diving. Don't worry about doing flips. If you can do it, that's fucking awesome. You know, you don't need to do it all the time. You know, like do just those things, focus on that, like that kind of stuff. That's what I would recommend. Just gym, good school, decent diet, and try to do something that makes yourself stand out. Don't come at me with this shit of I don't need a gimmick. I love Brian Danielson. All right. That's cool. Are you Brian Danielson? Oh, you're not? Okay. You need to do something then. You know, you need to do something to kind of get people talking about you, you know, just something like that. Because it's uh it's the concept of when they throw you on a poster. Is somebody going to stop and look at it? Is somebody going to buy a ticket for how you look? That kind of thing. If I have a hundred guys that look like Brian Danielson or CM Punk or Adam Cole, am I going to me personally? I wouldn't. But that's me. You know, you need kind of that that diversity. So do I would my advice is do something that's going to make you be you. Take from things. You know, like I'm a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin mark. Like that's I'm all about Steve Austin you know, but so, yeah, I guess that's my advice. Just do that.
0: No, I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, that makes sense too. Um, so you're going to be back in the ring, you know, you are at this time, actually you've been back in the ring. So I'm very curious, man, you know, I got the nerves worked up, but you know, I got to know I need one do and one don't of the locker room.
1: Oh, Oh, let me do. Uh, let me see, you know, just, uh, don't stink, you know what I mean? Uh, so, so that's a don't. So not to do. Don't stink, you, you know, because I'm a stinky ass guy. I can't do. I tell you, the most, the, the, my saving grace from just traveling all over this country with a Dahlia has been wet wipes. I don't understand why we as Americans use dry toilet paper to wipe our asses, because it's not as good as wet wipes. Like I, I, I try to use nothing but wet wipes because I'm a stinky ass man. And wet wipes. So that's I love, I can't praise wet wipes enough, but a don't of the locker room don't stink. And a do is just kind of uh, you know, uh, you know, get warmed up and go over your match, try to get there at a decent time, you know, something like that. You know, just ain't nothing wrong with like sitting in the corner and vibing to yourself, you got your headphones on. That's what I like to do. I, I like to I get there, figure out who I'm working with. Uh, We go over it probably like 500 times because I'm going to forget something. That's just what I do. And uh, I'll put my headphones on, uh, do some push-ups, and, you know, just that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's what I would say. You know, just kind of just enjoy yourself. And, yeah, that'd be my biggest do in the locker room. But, yeah, big don't, just don't stink, you know. That's it.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it. So those are all my heavy-hitting heavy questions. But we do got to get into the second-best segment of the three count podcast, people ask me all the time. They're like, "Well, if that's the second, what's the first?" The first is the Red Dogs power rankings that you can find on the debate shows every Sunday live, or you can catch them on Monday because sometimes we just release a video on TikTok or Instagram randomly of just the top ten, you know, matches of the week. But this is the three count podcast, ten count questions, Mister Nate. This is how it works. I'm gonna yeah. fire off ten questions at you, rapid fast. Whatever huh. is your first answer, that's your answer. All right. All right. So what we'll do is we will add the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite color? Red. Freddie or Jason? Jason. Favorite rock band? Ozzy. Makita or Still? Still. Favorite dance move? Favorite... Uh...
1: Anything disco inferno or dude love would do.
0: Hey, I like it. Sarah Michelle Geller or Drew Barrymore?
1: Sarah Michelle Geller because of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. I know what you did last summer. Yep.
0: Yeah. I like, but we can't forget Drew Barrymore,
1: Scream, opening Scream. Scene. Oh, never mind. Drew Barrymore, Scream. Because <laughs> Scream Superior out of those two. I'm an idiot. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite
0: podcast. This one, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. And then I need you to nominate one. (laughs) Wait, what was that? I said three count, baby. This one. Oh, yeah. Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Oh, man. Oh, let's see.
1: If I tell you what, man. If you could get Tony Myers that does uh, Leatherface, he's up in Jersey, and he still carries on the legacy. He's like the third incarnation.
0: That would be great. Okay. That's definitely, we're going to have to look at that one. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on the show, favorite curse word?
1: Oh, man. Probably bitch. Bitch is funny. Bitch is just, it's so funny. Bitch. And the way I use the word bitch, it's not just uh, delegated to uh, females. I use it for everybody and it's a funny ass word. So, yeah. I just,
0: I saw this funny TikTok the other day, right, where it was like, Black Widow, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, these people together, form, bitch. (laughs) I was like, yo, (laughs) like, it's so good. I love that. (laughs) So that is it for the three count podcast questions. So. Mr. Evil Nate, all I need from you is to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Okay. Um, uh,
1: basically, I'm on Twitter. Um, I think it's Evil Nate on there. Um, uh, on Instagram, Evil Nate. Uh, Facebook, you can find uh, Nate Hewitt. I have to use a last name on there, so I just picked uh, Hewitt from the Chainsaw Remake series. I didn't want to use Sawyer. There's a lot of Sawyers out there. I would love to use Sawyer, but I was like, I'll just stay away from it. So you can find me on Facebook as uh, Evil Nate Hewitt Kill Billy. I think if you tap in any of those hashtags, you'll see me just using them. So I'm on all of that. I'm on TikTok as Evil Nate. Uh, Get ready to start up a YouTube channel to kind of – document this stuff like my return back to wrestling so when i do that just look for evil nate on there kill billy urban legend anything like that so
0: bet and there you have it so what does that mean you know what that means that means it's time to go home and bring on the finish because that is it for the three count podcast presents now in the ring and like I said I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling and like every good Sherpa which you can call me you know you need someone who's been there done that and you know can help you get up the wall more efficiently and more effectively but you know what to do. It's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And today you see him right there. He is the killbilly, the urban legend, evil Nate. And you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there. Or you just wait for this episode to end, you wait for the outro, and then you pick another one of our episodes to listen to. Peace. What's going on, 3 count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. Show us support, please.